I said earlier, uh, I was, it was sure good to see the sunshine. And, uh, you know, we were, we were laughing, some of us talking about if you, if you were out and taking care of livestock all day, every day, and, and trying to do other, other jobs, other things that you were doing, any, anybody that made their living outside, uh, it's uh, been a difficult time. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, when, 15, when it was sun shining and 15 degrees and no wind, I mean, we were, I was down to a, to a hoodie, man. I mean, it, was, it felt warm. It felt great because we were just adjusted to it and used to that cold. And, and uh, it's amazing, the cattle, we, you know, Sue went with me last Wednesday, the baby calves that were, you know, just two or three days old, been born in that ice and that frozen stuff. And, I mean, they're bucking and kicking. They're thinking it's a great day. You know, they got sunshine, and it was pretty awesome. But uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how many short-eared calves we got uh, after, after that. I'll guarantee you. I got some, I put some ear tags in a few of them and, and their little ears felt like a little crispy there. So uh, we'll see. Sometimes they get frostbit and eat, eat, uh, freeze off and break off uh, out on the ends of their ears. And so they'll just have a little old nub out there sometimes after cold like this. But we're certainly glad to be through it. I, I know that uh, it was a difficult time. A couple of, uh, I don't know if uh, you know Leon Coulter from Gultry. He passed away this last week on Wednesday or Tuesday, I guess, and then uh, Tim Thessman, who we've been praying for, uh, passed away as well. Last uh, Saturday morning at 7.30, I was able to go by there and pray with him, pray with them Friday evening, and, and uh, he was just ready to, ready to go. And, I, I've, uh, and uh, Leon had an accident that, that, you know, he's 84 years old, and, and it all kind of ended up that way. So I want to be in prayer for those families. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, and so one of the things that uh, I'm talking about uh, today or the thing that I'm calling this today is effective prayer. I want to turn to James chapter 16. And, you know, uh, I've been in my morning Bible study. We got on this verse and I began to look at these verses that, that are surround this. And I want to just focus on verse 16 for right now. And we'll come back and break down the verses around it. But I have uh, used this verse, quoted this verse, spoken of this verse often. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, uh, in, uh, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be forgiven. Verse, or so that you may be healed, sorry. Then the, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, the, King James says the, the prayer of a righteous man or person avails much. So it's, it's highly effective. And, and that's the thing that I wanted to bring out in the, is the last part of that verse, and we'll talk about the rest of it in a little bit. But it talks about the righteous person has a powerful and effective prayer. And I don't know about you, but I, would lo I love it when the prayers that I pray are powerful and effective. And, you know, I think that there is a reason or there's things that influence or, and affect how effective our prayers are, and that's what we want to talk about. But I began to think about this, and I thought, what if our goal, we all want our prayers answered. Is that right? That's my first question. I mean, do you ever pray a prayer you don't want answered? No, I mean, there's a reason we pray is we're looking for an answer. We want an answer. We want a result. And I know, you know, uh, Garth Brooks says sometimes God, you know, we thank God for unanswered prayers. And, and that's not entirely uh, wrong or necessarily, but sometimes there's things we don't know about. We pray or we ask for something and we don't know what we don't know. We don't know the future like God does. So sometimes we prayed and asked for things. I mean, do you ever... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meddle a little bit, but I mean, th there, were, there were people that I dated 
And I look back, and there's there some good people, but I thank God I didn't, you know, of course I wasn't praying to marry them necessarily. Soon I got together so young, I, you know, I was praying for her. That, that's pretty neat. I was praying not specifically for her. I was praying for a, a girl that was godly, that walked with God, and that would help straighten me out, help me, help me get out of the mess I was in, and help me walk the walk that I needed to walk. And, and, uh, and you know, my only stipulation was I said, God, let, let her be good looking. And that part of it was answered, and, and she was godly, that other part too. But, but uh, attractive to me was important. And so, well, that, that was part of it as kind of a funny thing, but as an 18-year-old kid, I mean, who wouldn't, you know, I mean, pray something similar to that. But we think about that, and you think, well, that's just lucky. Aren't you lucky? You, you found your sweetheart young. You grew up together, and it all worked. You continued to grow together instead of growing apart. Isn't that wonderful that it worked? Because you could say, well, you got married too young. Well, not in our case. Has that happened before? Yes. So the end result of that, of that desire was one thing, but what if the thing we desire is not what God's will is or His direction for our life? You know, what if our goal, instead of having our prayer answered, is different? What if our goal is that our prayers be effective? Because see, if we start out with the, with the goal of an effective prayer, effective prayers are going to be powerful and, prayer, and, and going to be answered. Effective prayers aren't, aren't wasted prayers and so aren't the result of a failed answer. You know, there's times whenever I've prayed, as most I'm sure ever, if you've prayed more than two or three prayers in your life, you've probably had times where you weren't certain whether or not it was answered. Or, or you couldn't qualify whether or not that prayer was answered by God. Sometimes uh, we pray things just flippantly. I'm not talking about that, but something you pray for and dedicate. So if our, if our only goal is answered prayer, when we, uh, we may be missing key elements of what is necessary to receive the desired end. We may also be frustrated and begin to doubt God or prayer and its effectiveness because prayer isn't answered. It's just a thought that I began to have because I've watched people pray sometimes. And they pray and they ask for something and when, it, and the, when the answer doesn't come. Maybe you, can, maybe you can relate to that, that you get tentative about praying and asking whenever you've gotten, uh, when, when things haven't worked right. Uh, you know, I've prayed for so many cattle. It's, it's, you know, I lay hands on them, pray, and I mean, just, I've done everything. And, and sometimes they live, sometimes they die. Uh, you know, there's, there's times whenever I've, I've prayed that prayer. But here's the thing that I also know. I also know because, because of my understanding of the prayer of Deuteronomy and the prayer of blessing and, and speaking over my cattle, that I also see the blessing of God and how that op operates and works. Uh, we had one of our... Uh, Cows that calved, uh, we, we, we had about 20 or 25 calves during the last 10-day period, and I lost two out of, uh, but I've got two that we were bottle feeding. One, one I brought the cow in, I got the cow, I got her back on the cow, but, but another one, you know, you, you find these calves and it's, they're on frozen ground, they're, they're still wet, they're frozen within just almost dead, so you throw them in the pickup. And I've got the manure on my dash and, and the hair all over my front, you know, the, the, the seat to, to, to uh, prove it. But we've, we've got those calves in there and you get them warmed up. Well, I brought this one over to my vet room in the barn up there, up there and, and we put, the, put him in there. It was warm in there and got him warmed up. But it was late in the evening. I wasn't going to take him back and put him, try to put him on his mom at night when it was still minus 12 degrees or whatever, the, whatever it was. 
And so we began to bottle feed this calf, and he's the stoutest. I mean, I could tell you that I, I nearly wrecked my truck trying to get him from Nash to my house. I had him tied down in, uh, you know, and, and I tied like a, I tied him like a calf whenever you rope calves. Well, they only they need to stay down six seconds, and he, he made it about six miles, and then he was up. Now, you think about a little poor little baby calf, and this was the next day after he'd warmed up, had a bottle of, of uh, a milk replacer and colostrum, and he was ready to go. And this dude wakes up, I mean, gets up, and he's a big calf. He weighs about 75 pounds and, or 80 pounds, and he, he, got, he got up in my floorboard, and he's coming to greet me. And I'm, I'm out here on, on this highway out here, uh, just turned and, and, and two miles, and, and so I'm, I'm running... Yeah, well, icy enough roads. I was running 40, 45 mile an hour, and this calf's up getting it, uh, coming over to help me drive. Well, my cake box, uh, I've got a switch and, my, and all the switch and everything's attached to my dash down there, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to rip that off, and I'm going to have to be rewiring how to run my cake box, and, my, and I'm thinking, this is, a, this is a mess, and I'm trying to drive and trying to keep this calf, and he is determined he is going to get over there with me. So anyway, this calf is the stoutest. I mean, just he's super strong. I should have just kicked him back out. Mama probably would have taken care of me. He'd have been fine. But now we're raising this calf. Well, for three or four or five days, he's doing great. And I'm not very good at raising. We've raised a lot of bottle calves, and I've never, i got to find somebody who's really good at it because, I mean, I just, they, but he's down two, two days ago. He's down. I mean, I go out there in the morning, he's, he's been doing great. He's just down. He's laying there out about, looks out about half dead again. And I'm thinking, what in the world? And so I go back in, I get the tube, and, uh, tube drencher tube, and I tell Sue, I, I got to go out there, and this calf is about half dead. And she said, we need, to, we need to pray for him. Now I tell that whole story to tell you, in my heart of hearts, it was like, you pray, I'm going to go take care of the calf. And you say, well, I thought you was a pastor. I thought you was a man of God. I thought you believed in prayer. Absolutely do. But there's times when our flesh, we get to a point, we've prayed so much, and so there's times when you get discouraged a little bit. But see, here's the thing. We got, that's, why, that's why we have to separate ourselves from the goal of answered prayer to the goal of effective prayer. See, because sometimes I have to back up and I have to look at the bigger picture. And that's what I mean by effective prayer. Is, and we're going to look at the different pieces and parts to that. Because in the verses around this verse, it's interesting that there's five different types of prayer or kinds of prayer illustrated from verses 13 down, to, uh, down through that verse that we just read. Let's read verse 13. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. So he demonstrates a type of prayer. See, if we understand there's different kinds of prayer or different ways that we pray, it'll help us. See, that's why I, and when I teach on a series of, of prayer, a lot of times I, I, I get on the, 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 my soapbox about just using the definition of it's talking to God. That's true, but it's, but it's in, incomplete. There's more to it than just talking to God. It is that exchange of communication, but there's also the understanding here he's talking about, that's an illustration of a petition prayer where you're giving, you're in trouble, so you're praying, but you're not just saying, Lord, help me. You're, you want to go and be able to approach God with a specific way of that in that prayer. You know, 
One of the things I wrote down, it make, make it clear cut, get clear cut requests. So, so how do we do that? We'll talk about that in a little more depth as we go through this, this teaching over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. But, but here's the thing, when I have a clear cut prayer or petition, I'm not just throwing a Hail Mary. I'm not just, I'm not just saying, Lord, help me. But I'm coming specifically from the Scripture, from the Word of God, and I've defined my petition. What do I need from God? You know, there's times whenever uh, people, you know, if I said, hey, I need some help. Some of you say, okay, well, especially like, my, you know, my kids, they learned. I say, hey, you need to go with me. They go, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> hey, I need some help. And, and some people wonder, would, would ride around and, and do some of the things that I do on a regular basis or the ranch needs done. But if we're fixing fence, uh, I, I'm, I'm busy. I, I got to be somewhere. You know, or if, or if, it, you know, if it's running, I got one uh, cousin, he loves to help me as long as, I'm, as long as he can drive the equipment. You know, if, if he can run the tractor, run whatever, he's good. If it's doing any of the other things, he's busy. He got other things to do. But where God is concerned, when we go before God, can we get specific in that petition what we're asking for? Because here, and here's the, the reason that I, that I want to be effective in that prayer so that I can even, sometimes we pray so vaguely we wouldn't even know if God answered. We pray so general. And see, here's the thing. I want to be able to give God credit and qualify that prayer. Thank God that's God who answered that. I want to be specific in that. I want to have that petition clear. You know what you're asking for so you know when it's answered. That's a, that's a good place to be. You know, sometimes uh, we, we need to be that specific. The second thing we look at, look here, it also says, Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. See, another type of praise is pray, praise and thanksgiving, or prayer is praise and thanksgiving. Uh, we need to celebrate victories. We need to give glory to God. See, there, there's, that's a type of prayer. And a type of our praise is the glorifying of God and the thanking Him for what He has done. I'm going to tell you what, that I talk about that all the time, about celebrating your victories. Celebrating Him in prayer is, God, I thank You that You brought me through this storm. I thank you that you gave me wisdom and guided me in these areas, in these places. I thank you, Lord, that you gave, give me what... And so celebrating or spending that time, are we happy? Then let's give glory to God. He's, he's bringing it back to that. That's another kind of prayer that's illustrated here. Then we go on. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So that next type of prayer there is, is a prayer of intercession. There's a, several things that are, that are demonstrated there, but one who's a, a prayer of intercession. He says, call the elders. Call those that are in spiritual authority or, or mature in the Lord to pray along with you. But you notice the sick person calls them. The sick person brings them in. But they pray over them, anointing them with oil, and that's that intercession. That's what we did for Tim. That's what we did for, to do for others, that we pray for them. You know, that's why I, I don't just say, well, re let's remember them in prayer. That's a good, that, what that's intended for is that people remember them and pray. What often happens, I know, with, with just our busy life is we remember them for a moment, but, but really, we want to enter, to intercede would be to spend that time to, to 
lift them up and to allow the be effective in that prayer towards somebody else be asking the holy spirit to lead guide and direct you for on their behalf lord what would it be what how how would the word uh, what would be the word that i'd stand in in prayer you know it, it's also blended in there in that in the idea here is that there's a prayer of agreement see if you're if your elders are coming praying for that sick person that sick person is desiring prayer for or healing or health and, and they're asking for not only intercession pray for me but also a, the power of agreement the bible says we're two or more agree concerning anything they ask it'll be done for them by the father in heaven and so there's power in agreement and there's power in coming together in that in that form so you got intercession and, and agreement uh, or prayer of agreement so the other thing that's interesting or important, I say interesting, important about uh, that prayer of intercession is that we pray according to the will of the Lord, not our will. When you're praying for or, and interceding, there's a couple of things. If, if uh, whenever I, when people ask for prayer, a lot of times I will ask, well, what are you believing for? What, what do you desire? What are what are what is what do you feel like is your petition so that I can agree with it? It doesn't do me a lot of good to believe God for a miracle if all they're believing for is a good surgery. But I can absolutely go through praying for the doctors to have wisdom, the surgery to go well, their body to receive the 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 uh, process or the the uh, procedure and and the medications to work. Pray all of that, and and. The end result. Now, something that's interesting about effective prayer, I think a lot of times we get caught up in, in, uh, in not uh, bringing all the pieces together. We want to understand what is the end result that we want and what does God, what does God say about the process of us getting there. You know, I've known a lot of people who in prayer for healing or sickness, against sickness as they're praying, they pray for this one thing and don't give God room to work in the process. Or, you know, you're praying for uh, the healing of their uh, finances or the business situation and, and, and all they're praying for is more money and God's trying to teach them how to, how to manage money and be a good steward and, and do more with less because He has something bigger planned. See, the thing is that God always has, a, has a, an ability to see down the road to something greater. He, he can see down the road, and He may be instructing you, you know what, your, your priorities are out of order. And all you're locked in on is, God, i got to have this fixed. And God says, you know what, in the process of this, a lot more can be fixed. I had a, a person uh, approach me with a prayer request, and there there uh, was a person I just met, and they heard I was a pastor, and they said, oh, i got a prayer request. It's like, okay, so you, you got the direct line. you got the red phone. I want you to, you know, you got the bat phone. I want you to call, you know. Which is fine. I, I was, I was, but it was, it was just kind of funny. Uh, you know, she, as soon as she found out I was pastor, she started bringing this this need, and and uh, and it's legitimate. And I'm not belittling that. I just, but she brought in what she wanted. He he had financial problems. He had uh, it was issue with the law. He would, you know, got you know, drug issues. Somebody that y'all wouldn't even know. So I'm I'm telling you a lot of, more than I would normally. But these these were the problems that were coming up. And you know what? And finally she said, and, and he, he's really running from God. He doesn't have a relationship with God. And I said, you know what? My prayer is going to be that. 
Because until that's fixed, you, you can't fix all the other. If you don't bring your heart before the Lord and surrender your life to God, if you can't, if you can't, if that is not fixed, the other will continue to haunt or continue to control and continue to be a problem. So we bring the we bring that before the Lord first. God, so an effective prayer is one that is able to be uh, able to be led by the Spirit of God and and get His will, not just ours. So when we're interceding for somebody, that's really what we're seeking. God, what do I pray? How do I pray? Can I, can I get, get your will in that situation? Now, the fourth thing is this, is in, and let's look at, um, no, now notice a part of this. He says a prayer, verse 15 again, the prayer offered in faith. So the prayer of faith is what he's talking about. Will make the sick person well, the Lord will raise him up. So the prayer of faith, verse 15, is the, is the other, the fourth type of prayer that is, is pictured here or illustrated here in, this, uh, in these verses. So what is the difference between a prayer of faith or a, a prayer given in faith? I think it's uh, a prayer offered in faith. What's the difference between that and the Hail Mary or the, or the, the, the prayer of, well, I don't know what else to do, or I guess it's come to this, we better pray. And so we, we just go before God and have that conversation. A prayer of faith is based on the Word of God. It's based on the Scripture. It's based on, based on something that's known because faith, how does faith come? By hearing the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, we respond to the Word of God, and, and as it's revealed to us, then there's boldness and confidence, and I think that's one of the indicators. What is, what is uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of things, that knowing. See, that's, that's when we can pray with a confidence that God's going to hear us. So we're going to look at other scriptures as we go, as we go through this that will tie in some of these things. But that boldness and that confidence. Now notice what took place. It says the prayer of offered in faith will make the sick person well. That word well, we've talked about this on, on my morning Bible study, is that word sozo in the Greek. And it means to be, to be made well. It means to be healed. It means to be restored. It, 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 uh, it means to be forgiven. It's not just, and here's the thing, it's not just a physical word for physical healing. It's also a word for spiritual healing. It's not just a word for spiritual healing. It's also a word for physical healing. You say, Pastor, you just said that. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to say it both ways so that we understand it means all, all of those things. And here's the thing that, that is so powerful. There are times, now notice he goes on here. He says, the Lord will raise him up. If, and he doesn't stop there, he says, if there are sin, there, there have, they have sinned, this person has sinned, they will, they will be forgiven. So even in the understanding of that Greek and in the writing that James de, uh, demonstrates here, he brings both physical healing and spiritual healing and restoration in, in both places. He indicates there with the if, he indicates that sometimes sin can be a part of the sickness. Sin can be a part of that, but not always. There were times when Jesus, you know, they were, they'd ask Jesus, they'd say, w w w who sinned? Remember the, I forget which miracle it was, which healing took place. But Jesus, this person comes to him asking for healing, and the, and the people around him said, who sinned, him or his father, parents? The what? 
One of the blind men. Yeah, one, one of the blind people when he healed that. The illustration was this. He'd been blind since birth. He'd been blind through all that time. And, and the question was, who sinned? Well, so they're looking for a, a reason for it. They're looking for judgment for it, whatever. There are times when sin is the result or sickness is the result of sin, sin causing it. And unless you deal with the sin, unless you fix that problem, so, so James is saying when, they, when the elders come, when the prayers takes pl- t- prayer takes place, then, then they can be both healed and forgiven and restored spiritually and also physically. So that, but it takes that prayer of faith. It takes that boldness and that confidence. Now, that also illustrates... Uh, in, well, verse 16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So the, the fifth type of prayer is that of repentance and dedication. You know, one of the, one of the most powerful things of, uh, that, that position us before God is a prayer of repentance and dedication. You know, our, that should be a daily thing. It shouldn't be a ritual it should be a heartfelt, sincere thing, but that daily repentance and dedication. See, uh, we don't have to keep asking for forgiveness for something from our past, but it would, it would simply mean that, God, if there's any sin, known or unknown, I repent. In other words, you're, you're training, conditioning your heart to, have, to be repentant. When we come before God in prayer, if we're holding ought against others, it affects our prayers. If, if, we're, if we're not uh, yielded to God, it affects our prayers. We need to have the ability to work with other people. What's he talking about? Disunity. He talks about bitterness. He talks about uh, envy. He talks about strife. All those things affect our prayer life. And he's saying get, get all that stuff out of the way so that we can have then that effective prayer. So, so when we go before God and we want to ask God, and be in prayer. We need to be. Cons- we need to consider any and all of these things. God, do we have these things in place so that we can be effective? Because if because if we're refusing to yield to God, where repentance is concerned, where dedication of our life is concerned, then it's hindering the prayers. If I'm unwilling to to forgive those around or repent before them, confess sin before them. Now he's not okay. So so next Sunday, here's what we're going to do. Actually, we're just, just going to do it today. We're at the end of service. I want everybody to walk up front and tell us all of your sins. <laughs> Say, oh. <laughs> <"Uh-oh." laughs> no, that's not what he's saying. Just for those of you that didn't know that was a joke, most of you did. But some of us are pretty nervous. It's like, woo, yeah. No, you know, here's the thing. Just like that song, bring it all to the table. See, the thing is, he, he, it's not, there ain't nothing, there's nothing he ain't seen before. That's Zach Williams. I, I don't use, I, I, my English is better than that. No, it's not. You know better. Now, there's nothing he's not, there's nothing he ain't seen before. And so there, there's nothing that God... And, but here's the thing. He's not saying confess all your dirty laundry to everybody, to the whole church. He's saying the, the area where you have ought, 
the, the, the place where you've sinned against somebody, if you have an issue, there's something that you've done wrong, or there's something that's, that's driving a wedge between you, you need to just deal with that. Get that out there. Deal with that, but deal with that in a repentant, with a repentant heart, owning up to your part, willing to release others from their part so that you're released and free to come into the presence of God boldly. And just walk before the Lord and, and, and walk, then walk in love. See, it's all a part of our effectiveness in prayer. I saw that this week, and, and I've never tied that together like that, but as I was doing the morning Bible study, I, I, I got done right at the end. I thought, man, this is, this is some good stuff that the Lord's showing. Because I've broken down those pieces of prayer, but I've never seen them right there in those, in those verses like that before. So one of the things that, uh, that I want us to uh, catch out of this as well is, is the, uh, how, so how do we have effective prayer? Let's look at Romans chapter 8, and uh, I, I think I'm going to be able to get into several of these today. I'm not going to try to complete this all today, but, but I want to go to Romans chapter 8, and I want us to touch on this verse that is um, one of the, one of the, the scriptures that I believe will be very valuable is it, it, because the first thing to be effective in prayer that that each one of these things, all of what we just talked about, and then these three that I'm going to talk about over the next week or so, aren't necessarily in an order. I, I think they all kind of happen at the same time, but they're three distinct things. One is being led by the Spirit. In Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8, he, he first of all, uh, we're going to focus on verse 26, but through this he talks about being led by the Spirit in several different places. But in verse 26, he says, "...in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for when we do not know, or we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans." And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. So God searches our heart. He knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for, God, for God's people according, notice this, according, in accordance with the will of God. So when we allow the Spirit to lead our prayers, the Holy Spirit to, to influence and lead our prayers, then we're opening ourselves up to the will of God so that He can then influence the, the, the prayers that we pray. And, and the understanding of that verse is, is that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God will begin to, in, to uh, even to put into action the help that we need in the areas that we can't even put into words. You know, there's an association, there's different backgrounds. We, we, I pastor churches with a lot of different backgrounds. We got people from charismatic Pentecostal backgrounds. We got people from that don't necessarily. And so uh, there's, there's those that use that wordless groans part of this verse as being in tongues. And I've read a lot of different commentaries from a lot of different, uh, different areas, and it not necessarily nailing that down. It doesn't necessarily talk about that. So... Uh, but it absolutely leaves the door open for the Holy Spirit to move on our in our prayer time so that He's influencing the direction of our prayer. It says that it ties the two verses together. It says He knows, the Spirit of God knows the mind of the Spirit, knows what the Spirit of God is saying. And, and so we want to understand and know, and, and that's all Christians... 
Everyone who's born of God, everyone who has the Spirit of God in them as a born-again believer, we have the Spirit of God available to us to influence, to affect, and to guide us. And so we want, we want Him to show us, have the mind of God, show us and illustrate what it is that we need to pray, how we need to pray, and to fill in the gaps or to help us in the areas of weakness when we can't put it into words. The Holy Spirit interceding for us, interceding, bringing that intercession and that word through all of that. And so I, I, want, uh, I want us to, to grab hold of the, the fact that the Spirit of God will lead us in our prayers. The Holy Spirit will fill in the gaps where we're inad inadequate. And, and the thing is, we're tapping into the Spirit of God. We're tapping into the will of God, I mean, when we're praying a prayer that's led by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, we talked about this all week. We talked about the Holy Spirit leading us. That was in my morning Bible study. The Holy Spirit leading us as, as we go through. Well, what do we do when, when we hear the voice of God? How does, how does He lead? We take the Scripture, we take the book, and we read that book and allow this book. We read the Bible, and we allow, we, we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to help our thoughts, help our understanding. There's been a lot of times where, where I've prayed, I've read the Scripture, and I've said, Lord, I don't understand that. I remember back when I first started, you know, we only used King James. And I had one Bible. It was a King James Bible. And I don't know how many read the King James anymore. I know a few do. And uh, some people think that, that, you know, obviously the Apostle Paul used that one, so that's one we ought to use. I'm just teasing a little bit. But uh, obviously uh, it came along after the Apostle Paul. And, uh, but... I'm teasing a little bit with that, but it's hard to understand. So I've switched. It was hard. I went to a New King James for a long time. I went to this NIV, and I know some people are like, oh, man, I, love, I don't like the NIV. I didn't like the NIV for a long time. But God just one time just, I mean, it just, anyway, I wanted it simple because I, I reach a lot of people who are, don't have a church background, and they want to grab a hold of something they can read and understand. But even if you can read and understand it, it's written in a little more modern English. I, I want it to be able to, it still takes the Holy Spirit to put the understanding into that word. Amen. And so I want to be able to read that verse. I, I, I read, I'd read the King James and these and thous and the, kind of it reverses things and kind of take, it's just, it's complicated. And I'd read it and I'd have to pray. I said, God, what's that saying? And so then I'd go to another translation. I had an Amplified. I finally got an Amplified, and then I have a living Bible. And, and so I got the simpler translations, and I'd, I'd read it out of this one. I'd read it out of this one. And then sometimes they didn't sound anything alike. You know, and that's the frustrating part. And that's why, and that's, this is why, I, if I teach out of the NIV, I refer still to the King James or what, it, what is it so that we bring the two together. Because the last thing I want to do is confuse somebody. It's like, that doesn't sound like my Bible. Well, okay, there's a reason for that. But uh, anyway, we try to bring those things together. But see, the Holy Spirit will help us. And that's one of the greatest ways that we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit of God and to understand the Spirit of God is, is by reading the Scripture and then asking Him to reveal, shed light on it. You know, uh, when we start looking at being led by the Spirit of God in our prayers, I don't know about you, but there's times when I just don't know what I need to pray, but God will lead it to me. I used the illustration of the cattle years ago, losing cattle. 
And I was like, well, man, what is going on? And God gave me Scripture on how to pray. I quit praying as specific an individual over each individual cow, and I looked at the general thing of the blessing that comes and His provision that will come as an end result. Lord, I've set my hand to this, so I thank You that You're going to prosper it. There's been times when, when we've made a decision that was very difficult, it was very wrong, it was whatever, and God, through repentance, through, through uh, following His wisdom and direction, He led us through getting to the other side. There's times raising our kids when we're struggling with this, this situation with the kids, and we're thinking, God, what do we do? How do we need to pray? And the, the effectiveness came as a result of God giving us the specific thing for that specific kid. Sometimes God would reveal to me or Sue what it was that was the cause of the problem. And uh, that's one of the things that we're going to get to in, in next week's, uh, probably next week's, but was the ability to discern hidden things. Man, the, the, God knows exactly what needs to happen. You say, well, why didn't He just do it? Because He asks us to pray. He, asks, he gives us the responsibility to lay those petitions out before Him. So I want to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. You know, I'll give you one example. Uh, this last week, of course, you know, uh, last two weeks, what, I don't even know. It feels like two months. But whenever this snowstorm, we had the little ice, and then we had the, I think we were out of church for that maybe or something. And, uh, <clears throat> and then, then we, we knew this storm well. We didn't know it was coming, but... They predicted it was coming. You know, that's always the big question. Do we actually get all, for, all, all worried about this and, and, and make all these preparations, or do we just sit back? Because there was a lot of work going to go into preparing for 15 to 20 inches of snow with, with our lives. And, and so I'm considering all the different things. If I couldn't get here, get up to the cattle. If, if this road drifts shut, if the wind's out of the northwest, and I had everything set up for northwest, then the wind shifts to the northeast. Well, the way the, way the cattle were set up, I had them in a perfect spot for a northwest wind, but when it blew out of the northeast, all of a sudden they're open. The canyon set like this. The trees and everything was over here. When it shifted out of the northeast, it's going to blow right down the canyon. I'd set up 90 head of cows that were calving right in the middle of that. Now, so there wasn't a whole lot of options until I began to consider. And Willie was out, had to be out there on that one day helping me. And, and I, I drove over the hill and I said, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to look at this situation. And I went over there and I began to pray. And I said, Lord, give me wisdom. I'd, I'd woke up at 4 o'clock, 4.30 the morning, that morning, and I had a thought, I'm going to bring them up to the corral. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to bring them three quarters of a mile, and I'm going to build a two-bale windbreak like I did for another group of cows, and I'm going to build this up, and I've got water there, and, and I, should be, I should be good, but I'm going to have all those cows in this 150 by 75 trap. Well, that's not a real good situation, but I, I just didn't know. Now, why am I using these illustrations? Because in your life, you've got those same situations. Do I buy this? Do I change jobs? Do I, do I do this? Do I do that? How do I raise these kids? So we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He gave me that other place. Worked out a lot, lot more long story I don't want to get into. But because God, we redirected, He led and guided, we were able to put those cows in a place that they were out of the wind. We were able to unroll a lot of hay, get them in a, in a, in a sheltered place. 
as we go down through what is being led by the Spirit of God, sometimes I need specific hearing God. Other times I need to hear exactly what God's saying concerning my situation so that I can base my prayer of faith. Sometimes I need to understand, Lord, what, what do I even need to pray concerning this situation? He'll give us that leadership. And I, as, I, as I get ready to close, let's just turn over to John chapter 5, and we'll just, we'll just bait you for next week, and uh, we'll wrap this up. John chapter, 1 John chapter 5. Because any time we're praying for God's direction, we want to pray for His will <clears throat> concerning those things. In verse 14, it says, This is the confidence, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You know, people a lot of times will ask me to pray because they'll say, Well, you got an open heaven, or you got the, you know, you're you got the hotline to God, and that sort of thing. And they're kind of joking. But but we should all endeavor to have that open heaven or that approach to God. It says that we can all come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. And here in this verse, it says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that, that if we ask according to His will, He hears us. You say, well, if it's His will, why do I need to ask? Because God said pray. goes back to that deal of obedience. God said do it. Why do we have to do that? Because God said do it. So he says, ask anything according to... He hears us And if, verse 15, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, some Bibles say the petition, but we have what we asked of Him. So that gives us confidence. So I want to know God's will. Now, I believe that we can know God's will. I also believe that there's times when we may not. There's, there's times when, when God may not reveal... Uh, let, me, let me shape that right. Because there's times that God may not reveal everything to us. There's times when we couldn't handle it. I think there's times when, we just, when He wants just us to distrust Him. I think there's times whenever God just says, says because I said so. Kind of like my, my parents told me. Because I said so. You don't need to know all the answers. Why? Because we try to argue with Him. We try to... You know, we try to hurry it up, right? Sometimes I think that's... But here's the thing. We can always know what His will is on how to pray. So did I just contradict myself? Well, you can always know how to pray. You may not get all the answer that you want revealed to you before you pray. God may just want you to just trust Him. He may just want you to take the Word of God, take the, the Scripture, take, the, take the, the, the specifics of what He's led you in and make that your prayer and just trust Him as you walk through it. The, the, the benefit, though, is if we, we can pray effectively when we know His will, when we're led by the Spirit of God and we know His will. <clears throat> so that, that can be our focus. And that third thing as we wrap this up is just that we begin to discern the hidden things. That'll take some time. We'll get into that next week. But how God will begin to reveal, to give us the ability to discern. You know, uh, 
if we always knew, if we could always know at least what God wants us to know, and if He can reveal to us what's, what's the real motive, what's the thing behind everything else, if we could just follow those things, we can begin to be effective, more effective in prayer than what we even are already. Let's, uh, let's stand and let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank and we praise You that we want to pursue Your will. We want to know how to pray. We want to pray more effectively. And so, Lord God, I pray that we would have the understanding of those different types of prayer, that, that Lord, we'll spend that time in, in applying those correctly. That, Lord, we'll per pursue You and, and, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We'll, we'll pray that, the, that You would give us and clearly guide us in, in Your will concerning the situation that we're in. We can prove what that will is by the Word of God. We can know how to pray, what you've, what you've declared in your word, what the promise of God is. And the Lord, as we pursue that, grab hold of that, as we, as we hear your voice and, and follow your leadership, that Lord, then we pray and we begin to see the end result. The effectiveness of prayer brings the answers we desire. So Lord, I pray that we'd, we'd, we'd grow in those things. Now, Lord God, I just pray that if there's anybody within the sound of my voice who's not made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, I pray, or maybe it's just not in a place of surrender, that, Lord God, that they would today make that commitment, that dedication to say that, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. And I believe, Lord God, that they can be born again. I pray, Father God, that they'd find those, if they're online, if they're far away, that, Lord God, they'd find those around them that have been praying for them, that, that can lead them to Christ, that lead them in discipleship and walk with them. And I pray, Father God, that they'd contact me, and, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close with Count Your Blessings. That's a pretty good way to close. I think so.